Today on CityCast Chicago, in Pilsen, it's hard to turn a corner and not see a beautiful, colorful mural. Some in the neighborhood say tagging those murals with graffiti breaks an unwritten rule of respecting community art. People want to leave their mark, their tag to be recognized, but maybe there's an easier outlet to, you know, put your name out there. And there are people open to working with younger artists. Ismael Perez is one of those people who's calling for the tagging to stop. It's Wednesday, June 16th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. First, a little bit of news, y'all. Chicago Mayor Lightfoot says the city is safe. That was in response to a question about the third mass shooting in a week. Early Tuesday morning, eight people were shot, four fatally, including three young mothers inside an Inglewood home. Ten people were injured in a shooting this Saturday during a gathering outside of businesses on 75th Street where Kim Fear Miles died. And eight people were injured during a shooting at a graduation party last week in Burnside. Lightfoot again blamed the flow of illegal guns from bordering states into neighborhoods. We do not know if an illegal gun was involved in the shooting. Chicago's five largest hotels are all back for business starting tomorrow when the Palmer House finally reopens. However, the road forward is still paved with confusion. Hotels are asking for $75 million from the city to pad their reopening efforts. And there was movement yesterday on who will work at these hotels when unions and hotel reps came to a compromise that requires the establishments to rehire employees laid off during the pandemic. Returning workers will have five days to accept or decline offers And hotels found in violation will have 15 days to fix it before employees can file grievances. Today we're keeping it cool in the mid-70s, but it's about to get hot again real soon. A solution to beat the heat is coming at the end of the show. Stick around. For more Chicago stories, sign up for our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. I walk all over the city. I mean, your boy don't really drive that much these days. So I see a lot of Chicago murals. Often I stop, look, take a picture for the gram, and maybe learn something. You see, they show me who lives in that neighborhood, how it's evolved, grown. In Humble Park, murals have Puerto Rican flags. In Auburn Gresham, the Great Wall of Chicago is all black faces. That's who lives there. That representation of community is why Ismael Perez wrote in a Sun-Times editorial recently that it's so important to protect murals from being defaced. How are you doing, Ismael? Kobe. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Appreciate you meeting us out here on the street this morning. It feels good. Yeah, it's a really good day. Yeah, I'm appreciating this breeze. (laughs) It was just kind of hot, hot Mm -hmm. over the... We met up with him on 18th on a beautiful morning in front of two of the murals he wrote about. They both had been tagged. Perez has worked at the Sun-Times for a couple years, but spent most of the pandemic with his family down in Texas. You know, I didn't have a good experience driving into Illinois. What do you mean you didn't have a good experience? So, you know, I drove up here with my family and we were sitting outside of Walmart. Someone yelled illegal at me. 
it was just like, uh, where did that come from? You know, and I don't let like racial things get to me like that. But on the rest of the drive here, it kept on bugging me and I hated that it was bugging me. Then he arrived at his new apartment in Pilsen. The first day I walked around Pilsen, I just felt like a big hug of community. You know, I was welcomed. It was hearing Spanish. It was getting his ass kicked by the women in his Zumba class. And it was seeing murals like the Declaration of Immigration off 18th west of Loomis. The barbed wire is up there, but each, I guess, attached to the barbed wires are flags from Latin American countries. And, you know, the messages are right there for people. We are a nation of immigrants. No inhumane treatment, no deportation, no family separations, no detention. That's just what's above it. And this is from 2009, but these messages still ring true to what people are going through. You know, like, our neighbors are going through issues like this. Chicago's murals are the pride of our neighborhoods. That's especially true for the predominantly Mexican, but gentrifying and changing Pilsen, where the public art saturates the neighborhood and brings visitors to see it. So the community here takes notice when a mural is tagged with graffiti. Who are you all? You all out here? Look like you're shooting something. We're, we're a, a Mexican music band, uh, Montes de Durango. I've, I've seen this mural, a mural for maybe, yeah, for 10 years. I remember the first time I saw it, I couldn't believe it. We've always wanted to shoot a video in front of it. The first thing I see when I get here is all the tagging. And it kind of killed it for me because I was like, wow, I can't believe they would tag this, you know? But unfortunately, it's not a nice tagging. Hopefully they do fix it. They are going to start working on it in July. Oh, that's great. Ismael wanted to highlight this mural in his editorial because one of the tags clearly covers up the names of people who worked on it. They worked with the um, National Museum of Mexican Art where they brought 10 students with them to work with Salvador Jimenez. And I saw it at the Pilsen Community Facebook group. They were saying that it's a shame that this happened because history is being defaced right now. Growing up in Chatham, I have walked past murals. I, honestly, I've probably taken thousands of pictures of them in my life. And I know that the history runs so deep on the south side, but can you give me a little of that history in the Pilsen neighborhood, just how far back the street art culture, the mural culture goes? So I think we need to talk about what was going on in 1968, which is um, the Vietnam War, the Cold War, and also the civil rights movement, you know, like a lot of action taking place. And uh, I think that's what sparked murals where people wanted to express anger or like, you know, just tell the neighborhood how we're feeling about what's going on around us. Next to you, there's the Declaration of Immigration. And then this one, um, the artist Dos Mil, who's from Mexico, he came here this summer to do this. Um, this is more about community and also rebirth, uh, like a renaissance of coming back from the pandemic. So it goes from 1968 to what's going on right now. Let's take a step back. Let's take this one in. Because when I saw the picture, there was a tag drawn right through the heart, but it seems that it's been, you know, luckily restored to this point. The people at Pilsen Arts and Community mentioned the big heart, and it's like very big heart with a lot of red and he's they said they like asked that those meal the artists he they're like are you sure you want to leave it like that because it's a big bullseye for someone to just spray on it immediately um and that did happen but the artist stayed true to what his vision was and kept it that way and kind of you know it's, they wrote on it but it was an easy fix but over here in 
to its left, the Declaration of Immigration, it's going to be way harder to fix it because it's more than 10 years old. Um, that's going to take more work than, you know, the red paint for this heart over here. You said it yourself that the Pilsen Arts and Community House felt like that was going to be a bullseye. You know, for me, murals, tagging, street art, they all go hand in hand. Many of the people being sanctioned to do these murals came up in uh, graffiti art and street tagging. How can we put these murals up with the expectation that they're not going to be tagged when, like you said, everybody's well aware that even though you're painting a beautiful heart on the side of this building that represents community, that's a bullseye for potentially a young artist. See, that's just the sad part of, you know, these artists want to express themselves and do something to lift up the community, but there's also that expectation that it will happen sooner or later. And that's just the sad part, you know? There's no easy answer to say how to stop this or, you know. There is no easy answer, because when I think about it, you know, it feels a part of the cycle. And like you said, maybe that's the sad part. But one of the lines you said is, you know, Chicago has this beautiful free art gallery. And the young artists know that. This is an opportunity where they might not be able to put up a mural right now in their life. And so getting their name next to something that a lot of people are going to see still is really important for them. Why should, you know, the people who are doing these tags maybe consider leaving these murals alone and putting those tags somewhere else? Something that's along with this story is that there are people out there who want to work with those young graffiti artists and give them a platform to do their art. So I think, you know, how you mentioned, people want to leave their mark, their tag to be recognized, but maybe there's an easier outlet to, you know, put your name out there. And there are people open to working with younger artists. A fun fact that I learned uh, talking to Los Mil, the artist behind Corazón y Comunidad, this specific mural, he started off as a graffiti artist. But, you know, he grew into this, uh, what we have in front of us. So there's a gateway to, you know, do something bigger with your craft and your passion. You know, were people on the Facebook group, were they wanting their own community members to step up? Or was there also a message like the city needs to do something to help protect this living art gallery? See, there wasn't much talk about the city. Uh, and either in each conversation I had, the mayor or aldermen were never brought up. Um, it was a, we have to fix this ourselves. How do you think artists, community members can come together? Because you're not calling for like more policing mm. of artists. You're, you're hoping to awake the consciousness of young artists to just maybe, you know, not tag community pieces. You know, how can we engage with community members to protect these uh, art pieces? I think the ugly part here, the names of the students who, you know, put work into this was written on. And uh, it's artists competing with other artists, you know, putting our name on top of it. And I think just having a way of being able to coexist, you know, especially in this neighborhood is a good step forward. Ismael Perez with the Chicago Sun-Times editorial board. Thanks for talking to us at CityCast Chicago. Thanks, y'all. Down in the show notes, you could find a link to Ismael's editorial and to the Suntime series, Chicago's Murals and Mosaics. As promised, some good news to get you through. Yeah, we've been battling the heat for a couple weeks without arguably our greatest weapon. Public swimming pools. 
The Chicago Park District has 28 indoor pools and 49 outdoor pools. And y'all, they're reopening June 25th. So get your swim trunks and your bathing suits ready, Chicago. That's our show for Wednesday, June 16th. As always, I appreciate you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.